0: Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today we are taking a look at the outlining process in television writing. Whether you are working on your own simple scripts or asked to deliver outlines in a writer's room, what are some things to watch out for? Let's find out. <laughs>
1: All right. And first up, this section is going to be about outlines in your own work, and that's whether you are writing an original pilot as a sample or to staff or sell. And uh, this section was
0: actually inspired from a question from one of our listeners, Michael, who sent in an email. That's right. And he said, quote, hi, guys, really been digging the mentorship series, and I especially like the chance to see the outline stage of a pilot. I would be very interested in a broader discussion on this stage of the process, and it might make for a good episode topic down the road. A specific question from my perspective as an up-and-comer is, is it worth it? to draft an outline when writing a spec pilot. I actually tried writing an outline for my last pilot and found it to be very helpful. Surprisingly, I actually found it that it allowed me to write more freely on the first draft without having to worry about big story decisions or scene framing. I had more room to focus on the writing of the scene itself. Thanks again for the podcast. You guys are at the top of my podcast list along with script notes whenever new episodes come out. Uh, Well, thank you, Michael. Let me turn to Nick and ask him directly. Do you outline your content and uh, what does that look like?
1: Absolutely. Personally, I think that the most important part of writing TV scripts is outlining. My favorite part is probably the brainstorming and blue skying part. And my least favorite part is writing the first draft. The part that makes or breaks a good script in my mind is just a really strong outline to go off of.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you just said. I think we're a perfect match in terms of our approach to outlining. I also agree that outlining, if you're writing a sample, a script, a pilot, anything, is one of the most critical step in TV writing. In fact, in fact, in my mind, the general idea of outlining is what you would be doing in a writer's room when you're breaking the story. You're going from an idea, the inception of this concept of these basic scenes or things that you want to happen in the episode, to something more concrete, to an actual story process. Something that you can follow characters, arcs, themes, etc., in a basic form. So at least intellectually, you understand what you're trying to achieve emotionally and narratively.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point to bring up. You know, you're not going to be writing the script for everyone every single episode in TV writer's room, but you are going to be helping break the story points in the structure. So if there is one skill that's important to have before you get on staff, I think it is outlining. So let's get a little deeper into why we feel like outlining is actually important to the process.
0: Yeah, so this is actually something that Michael hinted at in his own email. The fact that once you have the outline process, and I'm kind of fast forwarding to the end of it when uh, you actually have the document, but once you have that document, it allows you to navigate those scenes in that first draft more freely. You're able to focus on things that are important to focus on, namely giving emotions to scene, the dialogue, the scene work in of itself, as opposed to the nuances of structure, the nuances of act breaks and things that are more structural in their nature, which I mean, I personally enjoy, but I know a lot of people, when they think of writing, they think more about the creative nature of writing to a blank page and so forth. But I think that's pretty limiting in the reality of how you're actually writing because nobody writes in a vacuum. Nobody writes to a blank page. We're making decisions. Even if you are writing to quote unquote a blank page. You're still writing linearly. You're writing scene one, scene two, blah, 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 but you still have an idea or a shape of an idea of where you're going. And then that line concretizes those things. It doesn't live in your mind. It's actually on the page. And so that's in my mind, why an outline is so important.
1: Yeah. I think that uh, Michael said in his question, it kind of frees you up a little bit to not be stressing about, you know, the bigger picture and all of these points. Am I hitting the right things? Cause you know, you've already put that in place. You know, that it's already there. You can really just focus on each individual scene and making that scene the best that it can be without having to stress about everything else. The other thing for me is that, you know, writing a pilot is intimidating. It's a big process. There are so many steps to it and you can't just sort of open up a final draft document and start writing and expect to have a fully formed, amazing pilot uh, come out at your fingertips. So it really, really helps me personally. And I'm sure a lot of people to break it down into these smaller steps and focus on one thing at a time. So that way it makes everything just a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, that's a great point about the productivity nature of that document. The fact that you are breaking the whole process of you know getting from zero pages to thirty or sixty, you can't just do that in one sitting. You have to break it down into micro steps, and the outline is certainly one of the most important steps. Another reason why I want to say to all the points that we're making about why an outline is important is because what the document allows you to do later on with a draft, all those machinations you have, all the decisions and questions you have about your pilot, which are usually gonna be the most cumbersome, things to figure out in terms of plots, things to figure out in terms of what the acts look like, in terms of where you want the pilot to end or begin, or the way characters behave in a general way, you will be in the process of making those decisions when you write that outline. And so the burden of all those decisions are happening in the outline. And intrinsically, when you're writing the outline, I also feel it clarifies a lot of my vision, but it also allows another kind of freedom within the story. I can kind of do whatever I want in terms of the story because I know this is the step I'm going to be focusing on in regards to the story, the structure, all those things. Once I move to the draft, I will never make those decisions again. So that's why I focus on the outline stage in particular, because I know this is the point where I'm going to be making those decisions. And that frees me to make those decisions as opposed to think about dialogue things or any of that nature.
1: I think one of the other really great things that outlining does for you is that it makes it so much easier to change things and fix them at the outline step rather than writing your whole entire script and then realizing, oh no, this structural beat isn't working or I wanted to rework this particular character arc here or the story point or change things around. Then you would have to go in and pull your whole script apart and maybe rewrite the entire thing. If you've done that at the outline and then you've gotten thoughts and notes and feedback or even just realized yourself that something needs to change, it's a lot easier to just go to your outline, type up one paragraph different or pull something out than it is to retake an entire script.
0: That's exactly why we made the outline a step in the mentorship. Once you have an outline, you have an actual document that you can get feedback on and adjust as desired. Whereas if you go from basically a beat sheet or nothing to a draft, those notes that you're going to have to address are going to be fundamental, almost structural notes that are going to take a lot more work as opposed to what Nick said, which is once you have an outline, the tweaks you can make either in the process of going to draft or if you want to make a second outline, that's also perfectly fine. But either way, having that stopgap, you can give that to people and get feedback on On a document that actually gives an idea maybe not emotionally but at least intellectually gives the person an idea of the story and what you're trying to accomplish on that note we've uh, talked a lot about the positives of outlining but let me ask you has there been any times when you've decided not to outline a project
1: yeah i think very occasionally certainly much earlier in my career or interest in writing. When you're first starting out, I think a lot of people just tend to kind of jump in and see where it goes and see what happens. And sometimes that can be fun. And sometimes that can be freeing to just kind of jump into a scene and start writing it. And I think that there is certainly some value to that, but I certainly wouldn't recommend it as a long-term strategy or something to kind of do all the time. I know that some people do feel that outlining takes away some of that creative freedom to go wherever they want. If they find something in a scene that they want to do differently, but I don't think it's an either or thing. Honestly, I think that you can then go back to your outline, adjust, and take it from there. It's You're not locked into exactly what you need to do once you're in the scene.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You can go from outline to draft and still reassess the scene order. The example you just quoted about, oh, I want to put this scene before this other scene. When you're writing the draft, you don't have to necessarily be locked into the outline. If you feel like now that you're in the draft process, you'll be moving this scene after that scene and so forth. But the outline gives you the hundred feet perspective on the entire story. And so at least you know, if you're moving that piece, then there's a domino effect because this other scene is going to be affected and so forth. Now, personally, have I ever done a project without outlining? I would say to me, it's less of a binary yes-no as opposed to the granularity in which I outline. I have done pilots. In fact, I'm writing right now a pilot in which I don't necessarily have a fully-fledged outline. I just have an extensive beat sheet where I know structurally, linearly where every scene happens, but I don't necessarily know the exact details of the dialogue or the conversation or all those things. I just kind of know, broadly speaking, this is the goal of this scene. That is the out of that scene. And that's why, in terms of the order of things, that's the document that indicates the structural idea of that episode. To me, that's where I'm at on the spectrum is I am probably to evolve on one side of the other where I'm going to be creating a document that's more granular as opposed to less granular. In terms of not outlining at all, I can't say that personally I've really done it.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes if you want to shake things up or kind of do a bit of writing and get your creative instincts out in- in there and see if something comes from that. It's totally fine to do it every now and then, but I would say in general, it's good practice to use an outline or at the very least a beat sheet type document. And I don't honestly think there are that many cons to outlining overall because it can still change. You're not sacrificing anything by having an outline. You're just giving yourself extra tools at your disposal.
0: Another aspect of outlining that is great for me is just having something to show the linear context of the story. I can sort of read a document and see how everything flows. Whereas before an outline, I don't have that document. Even if it's like a beat sheet, I have like ideas of scenes maybe, but with an outline, you actually can understand and see for the first time, this is what the episode will look like. Does it fit with the flow? Does it fit with the tone? Does it fit with the pacing of it? All those things you can certainly adjust with a draft, but it's moving huge pieces around as opposed to an outline that's much more succinct and to that point. So we've looked at some pros and cons of the outline, but what is your own process in terms of getting into the outline? How early in that process do you sit down and do that outline? I would
1: say it's sort of the early to middle of the process. You know, I like to spend a lot of time brainstorming and writing things down and letting things gestate and kind of slowly letting these ideas form in my head. I like to think a lot about the themes and what I'm really saying and what I'm exploring with this stuff and focusing on the concept and how I can kind of maximize all those dynamics and everything. But then, you know, once I have a little bit more of a solid idea, I'd like to kind of put the much bigger tentpole things in my head, too, in terms of like big act breaks or huge moments that are going to happen in there. And so then once I have a better idea of that, I find that that's where it's helpful to jump into the outline. Slot those big moments in that you know you're working around, and then find some of the kind of sinew and connective tissue between those in your outline.
0: We're relatively close, even though we're in different genres and formats. My process is very similar in that, like you, I like to do a lot of background processing initially. Once I have an idea for a pilot and characters and story, I try to think of interesting scenes or momentum that I want to create and shapes of scenes. But at the point where I know, for example, the teaser is going to be that, and end of act one is going to be that, and end of the episode is going to be this scene that is going to be really impactful. Once I sort of have an idea of key scenes in that structure, then I'm going to start the outlining process in earnest, opening up a document and typing those scenes in order of where they should go. And then it's about filling the rest of the puzzle where I have the beginning of the act and the end of the act, but what goes in the middle? I sort of know where it ends. So what do I need to fill out? The idea, those thoughts are being crystallized into an actual document. Yeah. Interestingly
1: enough, I found times where I've written an outline, I've gone and written the script, and then as the script has kind of changed and been rewritten, it's diverged enough from the outline that I've actually found it useful to go back and kind of reverse engineer it back into an outline again so that I can see it from that perspective correctly and make sure that those structural beats are hitting and character arcs and things like that are happening correctly across the episode because it has perhaps changed enough from that initial outline that I want to make sure I haven't missed something or something isn't going wrong with it. So an outline doesn't always just have to be a linear step in the process that you can never go back to either.
0: I would say that's kind of the key of an outline. It's supposed to unlock the story, the structure, all those things. You should not be going to draft with any of those questions, or at least if you have them, then you can always revert back to the outline. I will say personally, from the drama side, an outline is critical to understanding the story. So you can't write an outline too early in the sense that the outline may take you forever to get through, perhaps, but it's never too early to start an outline because that's the first step to understanding the structure and all those things. And especially in a one-hour show, for example, you have so much plot and story. It is important to visualize those things and understand how they interconnect
1: with one another. Yeah, I think it's very easy once you spend long enough on a script and you're kind of down in the trenches. I think everyone's had that experience where it just stops making sense to you or you're so deep in it that you can't really see it from that hundred foot perspective again. And that's where I find it useful to go back to the outline or to reapproach the outline again and be able to see things outside of the trenches of the story.
0: And on that note, this is something that we kind of talked about a little bit, but how do we approach actually writing the document? What does it look like for you to be writing an outline? What does it mean?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And if you do want uh, even more detail on this, we did have an episode called From Outline to First Draft, which was PT28. Uh, you can go back and listen to that for some more kind of tips and tricks and structure and process there. Just personally for me, like I mentioned earlier, I think those really big tempo moments are so important because they allow you to frame everything else around them. Once you know what the midpoint is, what the kind of cold open is, that starts to give you more and more information and pieces of the puzzle. You can then go around and figure out how you work up to those moments, how you set them up and then how they're going to pay off. So approaching it, I think from the top down in that respect and getting more granular as you go is useful for the outline. I like to use scene headings, break it down scene by scene and figure out where I'm going, where things are going to take place. And then just put, you know, a paragraph of description as to what happens in each scene so that that's sort of like my little guide to write it. And I can just go through and actually write each of those scenes properly with dialogue and character in action once I'm ready to go to script.
0: I'm also of the belief that starting with those temple moments and filling in the corners of that puzzle is very important to give you an idea of the pacing of that episode, to give you an idea of This is the moment where I'm gonna reveal that X person is the killer, or this is the disease that this patient has, or some major twist in your story. Those are the moments that drive the momentum forward. And so now that you understand, okay, act two is gonna be the big reveal, then you can backfill it. Okay, well, I need to set up these pieces, uh, hopefully in an entertaining way, but at least intellectually you understand this is gonna be the place where I'm filling in those pieces. To me, an outline is kind of the first document that resembles an actual script. In other words, I'm going to final draft kind of for the first time in an outline. Once I'm delivering an outline to me, it means with scene headings, it means with content of the scene, very rarely do I include dialogue or things that I believe are more for the first draft or drafts. But with that said, I still want to give an idea of the emotion I'm trying to get at. Now, if it's just an internal document, which in a way this is, this is just for my own edification, then I can be as detailed or not detailed as I want, as long as I understand once I go to first draft, that this is what the scene is about. This is what I'm trying to convey. This is sort of the point of a scene, the goal of the scene, both on a character level and a story level, et cetera, et cetera. And so as long as I understand personally what this does, then I'm good with that outline. Now, conversely, if this is a document that goes to other people, then there's a different dynamic that comes into play because it's about conveying those ideas to other people. And that's a whole other thing. Yeah, in terms
1: of kind of how detailed we get into these outlines, a lot of that is personal preference. It's what works for you. Whether you find it useful to have more information to pull from your outline and put into your script, great. If you find it easier to have a very loose skeleton of what's going in there and allow you to come up with the ideas in the moment, awesome too. You know, like you said, this is a personal reference document for you when you're writing your own stuff. So do whatever works for you. I know that a lot of people do like to put in key dialogue lines that they've thought of. I find that the distinction for me, if you're dropping dialogue into an outline, it really needs to be an important line that serves some sort of purpose. You never need any of the little filler lines of like exposition or like what did she say? And well, she said this and that sort of thing. It's if there's some like big revelation bombshell moment that comes in or some really like, awesome line that you've thought up or a really funny joke, sure, put it in there in little quotation marks in the outline, but you really don't want to be writing the entire scene. Generally, less is more in the outline stage.
0: I think the litmus test is if you were to remove that quote or that line, would the scene still make sense? Would the prose still make sense? Convey the emotion, the story? If it does, then just remove it. But if it is a very impactful moment, then perhaps you should include it. So for example, I've never seen the outline for the finale of Lost Season 3, but I would bet money that the very end of that outline has, we have to go back. Such an impactful moment and line and we understand what's happening here. The pivotal moment in that scene that we understand we have to go back past tense. Oh my God, Jack is off the island. This is a flash forward, not a flashback. That line of dialogue does a lot of heavy lifting that maybe a line of prose may not convey.
1: So that brings us to sort of the last question in this section, which is when do we actually stop writing that outline and go to draft? How do we know that we're ready?
0: That's another question that's very hard to be prescriptive on. Personally, I believe that the point where... I move to first draft from an outline is the point where I believe I figured out the story and I figured out kind of the pieces, the intellectual pieces so to speak, of that story. I understand the whole structure. I don't need to restructure everything. I understand exactly where the acts begin, where the end, where every scene fits, why the characters are doing what they're doing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the first draft is almost shading that document. It's almost adding that magic of the emotion, the magic of the dialogue, the magic of the scene work that you cannot get in an outline. Yeah. If you
1: think about your outline as sort of a roadmap to get to your destination, which is a finished pilot, you would never go and take a series of Google Maps directions that were missing like three of the key steps because you're going to get there and you're going to be like, oh no, what do I do now? And you're trying to get to this other point that, you know, needs to happen, but you don't actually know how to get there properly. And sure, you can make it up. You can take your best guess. You can kind of turn down some streets and hope you got to the right place, but I think that you're going to to be in a much better position if you wait until you have all of the directions that you need to get to your destination.
0: Right. And that will completely depend on who you are as a person and what you need from the document. If you are someone who needs every single step of you know the murder mystery figured out before you go to draft, then that's probably something you need to figure out in the outline. You need to have that mapped out completely. But if you're someone who doesn't need that much plot and can kind of figure it out, it's much more a character-based pilot, then the broad strokes of the character actions may be sufficient. And then in the first draft, that's when you get the motion of those scenes out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, going back to my sort of directions metaphor, you don't need to list every single street you're going to drive past on the five miles straight that you're driving, but you do want to know when you need to make that important right turn. Towards the uh, paper street. Exactly. <laughs>
0: So we've spent a little bit of time looking at outlines in the context of your own samples, but now let's move to the more professional environment. You are staffed, you're in a writer's room, and you are asked to deliver outlines. The reason why we are kind of creating a whole section just about this is because a few days ago, there was a whole Twitter debate online about different show owners, APs, and writers having different opinions on what should be delivered in a writer's room and different approaches therein. Because the outline, if you're a professional, is more than just a tool to guide you to to the finished product. It's an actual creative deliverable rather than just that internal document. It's something that other people will be looking at to judge or give notes or do something like that on your episode and on your show. So that's a completely different dynamic than just a reference document.
1: Absolutely. And I think it would help for us to kind of remind everybody what the general steps of each of these documents are in a professional writer's room. And each room will be different naturally, especially sometimes between comedy and drama. There may be less steps. depends on what your network wants to. A lot of this is kind of mileage may vary. However, very broadly, on an episode basis in terms of documents, not talking about season-long story docs or arcs, just on an episodic basis, the first thing that you have is going to be something like a synopsis or a logline or a premise. It's a sentence essentially about what this episode is. Is about. The next one is a story area, which is, I guess, a little bit more detailed than that. We're kind of getting into maybe some more of the ideas, the themes. We're getting into which characters are going to be involved in this. Maybe some of the broader strokes of the big moments that are going to happen uh, throughout. But again, it's sort of a looser kind of feel of like, here's roughly what we're planning on doing with the story. And again, that's another document that the networks like to have so they can give really big picture feedback before you dive into the specifics. After that, you have more of a beat sheet. And that's where you do actually have each of the sort of plot points of the story and the character arcs and everything mapped out in, again, a bigger picture kind of way, but they still are concrete. This happens, then this happens, and this happens, leading to this. From the beat sheet, that's usually what you would then take to the full outline, which we've just talked about, and then you take the outline to the script. And at each stage, each of those usually need to be approved by the showrunner, the producers, the network, et cetera.
0: That's right. As Nick mentioned, every show, every show also lives on a different part of that spectrum. Some people will want all those documents. Other people may just want one or a different version of others and so forth. So let's really ask ourselves here, why are outlines or outline-esque documents important in this context? Why are they asked for in a professional settings? And the first reason is because you got to remember, you live in an ecosystem. You live with executives, people that need to know what is going on in your writer's room. And so you have the deliverables to give out to, for example, your network executives, your studio executives, so that they know what you're working on. They understand, hopefully, that this is episode nine and this is what's going to happen in episode nine. And so it goes from, as I mentioned before, an internal document for your own edification and your own writer's room reference to a document that's going to be delivered to outside the writer's room. Exactly.
1: We always say television is a collaborative medium. It is about sort of teamwork and compromise and working with other people around you. And like Alex said, we have a number of steps and a number of people that get to have creative approvals over this. They are the people that are essentially paying to make this show and they're putting it out on their network. So they get to have a say in the story and the overall kind of things and have that back and forth with the creatives. So essentially, you're doing it to make both people's lives easier. Both sides of the table want to be able to put something out in broad strokes and say, this is what we're thinking. What are you? think you get your feedback then then you go into more detail and more detail at each step and that essentially just saves a lot of uh, time and pain and especially production issues really you can kind of tackle these things at the bigger picture level so that once you have the script ready you're not doing constant rewrites and rewrites you're not pulling stuff out on the day of the set you're not trying to save something in editing because someone decided on the executive side that they didn't like this story point or this particular scene way too late
0: and to all those points there's a bit of a pushback which is why it was such a twitter debate that uh, we will get to in a moment, but let's look at what is actually expected of you as a staff writer regarding the outline or deliverables that you will usually be asked to do. Now, I can't really speak to comedy rooms obviously, but most of the rooms, at least of the one hour rooms I've been in, I've always been asked to do a version of an outline where you list every scene that's happening in the episode with slug lines in the format of a script and you go as detailed as the showrunner wants. So some shorteners they want actually lines of dialogue in them and some showrunners do not. No, that's a red flag if you have a line of dialogue in there. So the granularity of that document will depend on your showrunner, obviously. But overall, my experience has always been a document between 10 and 20 pages in terms of a deliverable of an outline for a one-hour show.
1: For sure. Essentially, what happens is that you're all breaking the beats of the story as a room. That's you know what you're doing sitting around the table is putting up these beats on the board and getting this kind of like beat sheet, essentially. And then that's what you're going to take and turn it into an outline where you're actually saying, well, here's how the beats are going to play out. It's going to require this scene to happen and this scene to happen happen later. And then here's how it all connects up, all that sort of thing. And usually there's going to be particular points that are very, very important to the showrunners. Like, make sure you hit this, make sure you get this scene exactly right. But it's up to you to fill in the rest of the blanks. And that's, you know, what they're paying you for as a writer is to use your creativity and to execute on uh, essentially these ideas that are all being agreed upon creatively in the room.
0: It is important to underline that this is the moment where the episode goes from a collective experience, so to speak, where you're all breaking this episode and beating the episode and having scenes on the board to the first document that represents that episode. And that document, assuming you're obviously writing the outline, is your responsibility. You have to translate what the room collectively broke to a document that perhaps your show is going to rewrite, but at least a document that needs to do X purpose. And so in this example, you are writing a document so that the executives at X Studio or X Company can understand the episode that you're writing so that they give their approval or give notes or feedback. And so it's important to understand what part of the process we're talking about here. This is really the first time you're translating this collective experience, perhaps also writer's room notes, if you have a resident, into something that resembles a physical document that you can give to people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And a couple of things to consider when you're writing
1: outlines as a staff writer or somebody in a room, as opposed to your own original pilots, you often have to make it a little sexier or more entertaining than you might for your own, you know, sort of reference purposes. Because again, other people are going to be reading this. People that aren't necessarily writers, if we're talking about executives or producers or whoever else gets to have impact on this. Actors, I doubt actors are reading outlines, but if they're executive producers, they might. Essentially, you want to be kind of selling this at the same time as you are mapping it out.
0: That is one of the huge reasons why there is pushback on the outline process in a professional environment, which we'll talk about more in just a moment. But much like what we said earlier, an outline is almost an intellectual document. It's something to intellectually understand the logic of the story, the movements of the characters, and perhaps some level of emotion, but that outline will never match the emotion of a draft that has, you know, dialogue, scene work, character actions, and so forth. So because of the lack of detail intrinsically within the document, the outline is almost a sales document without the emotion that it's trying to sell. And so that's why Nick mentioned having to write the outline a bit sexier, because it's not just for your edification. It's the first time those executives, those people outside the rooms are really going to be aware of the content of that episode. And so they need to engage with the story that the room broke and agree to that It's sort of a cold document that's more of an intellectual than an emotional document, but it still needs to convey the emotions of a draft without it being a draft. And I think that that's why you're more likely to maybe
1: see dialogue and comedy outlines because you want to get jokes in there. You want to make it funny. You want the executives to be laughing and saying, yes, I'm going to enjoy watching this episode. I think you run the risk if you just put the story beats in there, it can come off a little bit too dramatic or not funny enough when realistically, you know, the jokes are going to come. You have a room full of very funny people who are paid professionally to be funny, yet you still need to sell people on that, even at the outline stage.
0: If you are a more nascent writer, let's say you're a staff writer, then it kind of behooves you to ask around to your peers what their outline process is for this specific show and what is expected of you. And maybe you can directly ask the show owner, obviously. The reason why you want to do that is because, as mentioned, this is the part where you're translating the room's ideas into an executed or semi-executed version of a document. And so that's your responsibility as a paid staff writer to do that. And so that does take a bit of experience. That's definitely a skill that needs to be worked on and is really hard to, again, be prescriptive about or giving advice specifically Besides asking what is expected of you from peers and your showrunner.
1: So now that we understand what an outline is for in a professional setting, why do you think there has been this pushback on Twitter and showrunners to this outline step in TV writers' rooms, even though we know that it is helpful?
0: Part of it is uh, what I mentioned moments before, where because the outline lives in this uh, no man's land where it has to convey the emotion of a draft without being a draft and uh, still be salesy. I think that's the heart of why there's such pushback, Uh, because writers are asked to do essentially a sales document for executives that doesn't necessarily represent the finished product. And they're getting notes on that product. That's also important to note is, it's not just a passive document, just an FYI kind of document. It's a document that people will be giving feedback on and having an impact on the story, on decisions that the room has lived with for days and days and weeks and weeks. And so the outline has a huge burden because it has to convey all those things in a very succinct way. And so I think the pushback stems from those ideas.
1: Yeah, it's a lot to ask of one document and it is kind of tying writer's hands behind their backs to make all of those things work within this one kind of stripped down, simplified document. And I think you're always going to get a lot of frustration coming out of that when people are giving notes like, I'm not really feeling this scene or like notes that they're giving that basically you can answer by saying it will be apparent in the script, but you can't really just say, well, we'll make it work in the script. Most of the time you have to then uh, figure it out in the outline. So I think that that's like disconnect between the expectations of they're getting a fully finished
0: product when really all they're getting is an outline. It's interesting to look at the different solutions, so to speak, that assure are approaching to quote-unquote solve the outline stage. On Twitter, for example, Sean Ryan said, because outlines are the worst, that's why I usually refuse to do them. I deliver a synopsis instead that lays out the goals, themes, and hooks of the script in about five to six pages without subjecting readers to the mind-numbing details of a story without the beauty and magic that you'll bring to the final version. Sean Ryan is very partisan to the idea of doing more of a synopsis with the general goals, themes, and hooks of the story, but Julie Plec, who's also a huge time shorter, she she said that she's outlawed outlines in favor of a story area that breaks down character journeys and ABC story synopsis. So it's almost two mini documents at once where you have a linear kind of semi-document just bullet pointing the ABC story synopsis and what they're about, like in a paragraph. And the other side is more the character's journey and the thematic values that you want to convey for the executives.
1: Yeah, I think that by presenting more of a sort of looser story area document and making things almost more of suggestions than chiseling them into stone, it gives that kind of like Benefit of the doubt, I think, and allows people to not be so directly critical of, like, I don't like exactly how the story beat plays out in this particular scene in this order, and it gives the writers the freedom to be able to continue to change that uh, and take suggestions on board and then put that into script
0: later. Yeah, exactly. Because on one hand, it does concretize and crystallize those ideas that you have in the room very clearly. These are the scene orders. But in the same way, it kind of gives quote unquote ammo to other people to give feedback on. These are the scenes that don't work. I'd rather have this scene after that scene. Would that them intrinsically understanding the craft or the creative process that went into those decisions. And so to your point, because those scenes are so black and white, so to speak, it does give more leverage to the executives and other people to give notes on. Whereas if it's more of an ephemeral idea, these are kind of what we're trying to do. It's still concrete in that you know exactly where your character begins and ends, but it doesn't go into the nuances of the scene work that allows those things to happen.
1: Yeah, and I've experienced this from both sides. Sides of the table, having worked as an executive and having worked as a writer, I see the validity of both sides. I see writers wanting to keep that freedom and, and not be nailed down to a particular thing or be criticized for suggesting a particular thing. And I also understand, you know, the executives needing the assurance that like these story points are going to be right because otherwise you just waste all that time going to script. And then you're going to be angry at me because I give you this note later and you're like, well, why didn't you say anything earlier sort of thing? So I think that both sides absolutely have a legitimate point And it's really up to the individual writer's room, showrunner, sure and executives to negotiate a process that works best for them. None of these things are literally set in stone. It all comes down to the workflow, the communication, and just being on the same page creatively.
0: Absolutely. And one last point to mention is the practicality of that document. If you are the writer assigned to X episode and you'll be writing an outline for that episode, then it kind of behooves you more to do that outline, especially if you're more of a newer writer that needs those steps and doesn't quite organically understand, oh, let me go from a paragraph of character values of character arcs into a fully fledged first draft, that's a huge leap to cross. Whereas if you are assigned an outline and then the first draft of the script, it's going to be quote unquote easier for you at least to move from that outline that's a concrete document to the first draft. In the same way that for your own samples, as we mentioned at the top of this episode, it's easier to move from an outline to a first draft because you have those stop gaps. And so if you are a newer writer in a room that doesn't provide outlines and you go from, oh, the ideas in the writer's room to paragraph a story to the first draft that's 60 pages. I think those are huge hurdles that may be a problem for newer writers.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you're not expected to hand in an outline, there's nothing stopping you from doing an outline for yourself, just privately for your own personal process to make sure that you are nailing those things correctly. And you know, if you're friends with other writers on the staff and you're not really confident about going into the script, maybe show them your outline and be like, look, I know this is not part of the process and the showrunner's not seeing it, but what do you think about this? You're all there for the same goal to make the best show you can. And I think that you should definitely lean on those other people, especially them with more experience and not be afraid to ask for help and input. I would say more often than not, outlines are your friend. <laughs> Don't be afraid of them. They're going to make your life easier. 99 times out of a hundred.
0: Yeah. Case okay, Same point. We outlined this very episode and wasn't it amazing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, before we go, don't forget that we are on Patreon. So if you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Paper Team via our Patreon page at paperteam.co slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You'll get access to our Paper Patreon podcast, cheat sheets, and more. So you can get on this at paperteam.co slash Patreon. And so we can keep producing a great show like this one for you every week. Yeah. So thanks to our listeners for taking the time to tune in. You can get all the show notes for this episode at paperteam.co slash 207. As always, I'm on Twitter at TV Calling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any thoughts or ideas for future episodes like this one that you want to send us, you can always do that at ask at paperteam.co. And uh, what are we doing next week?
1: Well, next week we are off for President's Day. Now that we have a real one, we're all celebrating, but (laughs) we will be back a week later on Monday, February 22nd with our paper scraps for February of 2021. Excellent. And we will see you in two weeks.